Welcome to an audio teaching from Windsor Park Baptist Church in Auckland, New Zealand. If you would like to look at the message notes or see some questions for reflection that take their lead from today's teaching, head to our website, windsorpark.org.nz and head to the online tab where you'll see services and series and you can download different resources from there. Thanks for joining us and we hope you're encouraged by today's teaching. Kia ora everyone, my name is Chriselle and it is so good to be speaking with you today. Now I don't know about you but Netflix has become one of my best friends over the past few months. Now much to the dismay of others, I'm the type of movie or TV series watcher that watches the things I love over and over again. Maybe it's the comfort in knowing I know what's coming but more so to notice things that I haven't noticed before. Something I've watched again recently is the Hunger Games series. It's set in a dystopian future and it is not for the faint-hearted, but it does give an interesting insight into power, control and survival. One thing that stood out to me this time was something one of the main characters said. From his perspective, hope is the only thing that is stronger than fear. Hope is the only thing that is stronger than fear. It got me thinking about fear and hope in our world today. My question for us is, do we live in hope or do we live in fear? Today we take a break from our mini-series and explore a passage in a letter from Paul to the followers of Christ in Rome. The context to which Paul writes is a church in social tension A church that was once majority Jewish became majority Gentile almost overnight due to a decree for all Jews to leave Rome. Now, by the time Paul writes to the Romans, Jews are present once again, but faced with a church that is not like the one that they had left. Paul is now addressing the tension between the two views, the religious law of the Jews and the arrogance of the Gentiles reminding them of the gospel. We read today from Romans 8, 22 to 27. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up until the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we eagerly await our adoption to sonship the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Now, prior to this passage, Paul starts off this section in Romans 8, beginning at verse 18, saying, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. 
Paul is speaking to believers, reassuring that though we have already been saved, there is still saving yet to come. He is addressing suffering, the way creation responds, how we are to respond, and why we can be secure in that response. We wait, painfully but patiently. The patience we wait with isn't us sitting around twiddling our thumbs. What this eager wait looks like literally translates to a person craning their neck, looking around to get a glimpse of what is coming ahead. It's an urgent patience. In verses 22 and 23, Paul describes this weight of creation for redemption in comparison to pregnancy and childbirth. Now, I can't say pregnancy is something that I have personally experienced yet, but we can consider that from a common fact, childbirth is painful to say the least. I'm sure that majority of people who become pregnant know that it will be painful, right? But do we know that being a Christian will be painful? Is that something that we expect of our lives as followers of Christ? Do we acknowledge that we will indeed suffer and are we prepared for it? Although our spirits have been redeemed through the forgiveness we have received from Jesus' action on the cross, our flesh and our world still await glory. So we as followers of Christ wait, craning our necks in a pregnant state, groaning for the glory of God to be revealed to all of creation. We need to share in Christ's suffering if we expect to share in his glory. In the current state we're in, in Auckland and a lot of the world, we can't meet as the church. It's difficult to be with our loved ones. Some of us may have lost jobs or can't work. Some of us risk working. We're arguing and in disagreement. There's sickness. There's death. We're in pain. And it's rough. It sucks. It's real. The feelings we have towards these things are completely understandable. We need to remember in all of what we face in life, though, our external circumstances do not inform our internal foundation. Paul shows us this example when time and time again he is persecuted for his faith and thrown into jail, much like many of his companions in the New Testament. Yet he still writes letters to churches and stands firm in the faith that he professes. Paul continues to have his foundation in Christ, although his external circumstances are dire at times. He suffers persecution for his faith just as we should expect to suffer with Christ too. Because like in labor, when a baby is born, when the final result is revealed to us, the pain and suffering that we experience will fall wayside as we are finally exposed to the glory of what we've waited for. Just as a mother holds her newborn in her arms, As it says in Revelation 21.4, 
He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. The reassurance we have in the space of suffering is knowing that God sustains us. God provides what we need in the waiting. It is in this we find hope. It is in this we find the Holy Spirit. Hope sustains suffering. We put our hope in a lot of different things. Lately, many of us have been hoping for good weather, to get out and to have a picnic, to have a swim at the beach, or maybe you've been putting off doing the washing, waiting and hoping for a sunny day. As much as we hope for warmer days, that's not the hope that we're talking about here. Biblical hope is a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. Like it says in verse 24, it is not that we hope for what we already have. It is what we long for as followers of Christ, the redemption of creation and to live eternally with God. Now, I love a good wharf jump. And lately I've been heading down to my local at high tide for a refreshing swim. Even though I've jumped off the wharf plenty of times before, there's still a hesitation every single time I get there. Is the tide high enough? Will I hit a rock? Are the people fishing on the other side really far enough away? And my most common thought, will water get up my nose? But I jump anyway. I take a leap of faith and hope I will land in the water safely. Sky Genthony in the book With puts it like this. Where faith is the act of surrender, hope is experienced while falling through the air. Faith is actioning out our trust. Hope is us waiting with expectation. As I fall through the air, waiting to be immersed in the sea below. As a mother grows her child in the womb. As creation groans for redemption. We sit in this aching of now but not yet in hope. This hope is not fragile because it doesn't rely on what's happening around us, but instead what what God has done and is doing inside of us. If hope is to be our anchor, it holds us down. It keeps us in place. When things around us are changing, this is the hope that will remain, a hope that we can be certain in. In this hope, we are saved. Just as hope sustains suffering, the Spirit sustains weakness. As Jesus intercedes for us before the Father, guaranteeing our salvation, the Spirit intercedes for us in our hearts, preparing us for the glory that is to come. In a time where we may feel weak, overwhelmed by our circumstances, and maybe even unable to pray, It is so comforting to know that the Holy Spirit is with us in it. Just as creation groans, 
just as followers of Christ groan, the spirit groans. This comes when we have a relationship with God out of our love and trust in him. The father sent his one and only son as a sacrifice in the place of our sin and transgressions so that we may be in a relationship with him. And part of that relationship is that the Holy Spirit sustains us. This is how much God loves us. You know, there have been many times in my own life so far that I've come to pray and just been completely lost for words. Times where I've been in tears, angry, indifferent, or just passive. The comfort I have is knowing that I don't have to put a strong front on for God. We only have to look at the Psalms or Lamentations to know that God wants all of us, our weakness and our strength, our doubts and our fears, as we seek more of God and His revelation over our lives. Not only are we weak because of our circumstances, but we are weak in our humanness. When our thoughts and prayer become too narrow to see the bigger picture of God's purpose, the Spirit is praying on our behalf. Let me put it like this. If we are to fall and scrape our knee, the first thing we want is the pain to go away. That is what is hurting us. That's our initial reaction. It hurts. It's painful. But the first thing a parent does when their child falls over is run to them and shower them with love. When we face pain, we want out. But God is reaching out to us in love. He knows better than we do. As Paul says earlier in Romans 5, 2 to 5, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. In our human lenses, we only see what we have eyes for. And that is seemingly limited in comparison to the glory of the Father. What we want and what we need can be really different things. Yet God, through the Holy Spirit, is pouring out his love and ultimately building our character and hope. Verse 27 says, He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. The Spirit intercedes in accordance with the will of God. As we read in the Lord's Prayer last week and as Jesus prays to the Father before facing the cross, not my will be done, but yours be done, God, on earth as it is in heaven. God's will is greater than our own. So in response to all of this, we need to yield fear for hope. 
we need to give over and submit our fear for hope. If hope is stronger than fear, why do we struggle with it so much? Because when we fear something, we try to control it. Control becomes the face of fear. Giving up control is much more difficult than giving up fear. And much to our dismay, we cannot control life. We cannot predict our times, nor can we try to control those around us with what we believe. This control and fear causes us to be reactive rather than responsive, to isolate ourselves from others, and to let our emotions control us. In Brene Brown's book, Braving the Wilderness, she opens up chapter 7 with this quote by Joan Halifax. It reads, All too often, our so-called strength comes from fear, not love. Instead of having a strong back, many of us have a defended front, shielding a weak spine. In other words, we walk around brittle and defensive, trying to conceal our lack of confidence. If we strengthen our backs, metaphorically speaking, and develop a spine that is flexible but sturdy, then we can risk having a front that's soft and open. How can we give and accept care with a strong back, soft front compassion, moving past fear into a place of genuine tenderness? I believe it comes about when we are truly transparent, seeing the world clearly and letting the world see us too. When we walk around brittle and defensive, living out of fear and control, we lack the ability to interact with others compassionately and take away from the vulnerability and humanness that comes with hope. But if we are to stand up and arch our backs, with hope as the backbone, as we crane our necks towards what is coming, we are able to live with a foundation that is firm and sturdy, a foundation of hope. We then meet indifference with compassion. We meet argument with grace. We meet fear with hope. As we face the world today, We place our hearts in the hands of God, giving our lives over to him. We wait painfully, but patiently. We share in Christ's suffering, knowing that hope in him sustains our suffering and the spirit sustains our weakness. We yield fear for hope, giving over control to the Spirit, for the will of the Father. Romans fifteen fourteen. May the hope, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you that you gave your son, that ultimately we might be able to live in your spirit and be given your hope. 
and we ask for more of your hope in the times that we're in. We ask that we would that we could persevere through what your spirit encompasses in us, that we're led to more of you, that although our external circumstances may be crazy around us right now, God, we trust in you. We place our hope in you even though we feel like we're falling and we wait patiently in this time for your glory to be revealed. Would you continue to share share your love with us, to overflow in our lives that we may be able to live out that love too for others to see the hope that is in us, to see that something's different in us, to share your light with the world. And we pray, we place our trust and our hope in you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining our audio teaching today. If there are ways that we can continue to support you or help you in your journey, please reach out to us. Head to our website, windsorpark.org.nz, and you'll find various ways to contact us. God bless.